Welcome back to the Sully Scoop, where three lifelong Husker bros dive in-depth on all surrounding the new era of Husker football, where our cups never run dry of the roulade, under head coach Matt Rule, made by fans for fans, with J-Sol, B-Sol, and T-Sol. The Sully Scoop is the official Nebraska Cornhusker football podcast, brought to you by Big Banter. We are back on your favorite Cornhusker podcast. That's the Sully Scoop. You're here with J-Saw, B-Saw, and T-Saw. And coming out of this week, unfortunately, the Huskers drop one this week to a terrible, terrible 2-6 and six at the time, Michigan State. But unfortunately, it wasn't just Michigan State who they lost to. It was Michigan State and the Zebras on the field. Yeah, J-Saw, this game was tough to digest because... When you come out, everyone in Lincoln was expecting us to win and be in a bowl game. And the fact that we lose to Michigan State gives me no confidence for the rest of the season. I mean, everyone we play is better than Michigan State at this point. So if the team thought they were going to take a week off, they better think again, because otherwise they're going to be sitting five and seven at the end of the season. Yeah, this is definitely one that the Huskers couldn't afford to drop there. However, I do have to point out a fact here. Jason at the beginning of the season did pick this to be a loss. He had us dropping 17 to 14. Was pretty close on the score there, Jason. But you did have this as a loss. So I got to ask you, what has changed since the beginning of the season to now that you are so in shock that we lost to Michigan State? Well, definitely just the head coaching opportunity there at Michigan State. No longer having Mel Tucker. You know, everything's up in the air. This is their interim's first win of the season. I mean, this is a game that the Huskers should have won. Everyone else that has played Michigan State in the Big Ten has beaten them. Michigan State is a terrible team. This is one on the road. Yes, the Huskers and Michigan State always like to play a close game. However, this this is a game you got to come out and you got to win. This is a 2-6 and six team. Yes, you're on the road, but this is to get to bowl eligible. We have have been bowl eligible in six years and this is the type of game you're going to come out and play yeah yeah you got to show it like you want it you got to come out like you want it if you don't want it you're not going to win plain and simple because michigan state team they want to win too they don't want to go winless and now because we took this week off they're now not winless and and b salt you're giving j salt a hard time about his picks from the beginning of the season i believe last week you told us it was going to be a blowout and you were expecting the huskers to come in there and win by three touchdowns i believe so what what do you well, how are you feeling after being completely wrong from your pre game pick until after the game uh, T-Cell, I still don't know if you even realize what show we're on. This is the Sully Scoop. And if you ever pay attention to episodes or crossovers or any of that, I believe my final score prediction was Nebraska to win by a touchdown. And I said that was Spartan Dog <laughs> and it was 17 to 10 Nebraska. No, 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 no. We're not talking the Spartan Dog episode because I did remember mm-hmm. you you leveled down at that. I'm talking the episode that Jason was on with us. You said you guys are both wrong. There is one thing that I believe and that we're going to blow them out. J 
Jason, I, I, I believe that he coined hurt. his. I believe he coined I, his phrase "steamroll." All I, right, that sounds more realistic. If you were going to come out here and say he said "blow him out," I don't know if I would believe that. But with this, yeah, the, you know, I, the quote you unquote guys, "steamroll," you guys just make I stuff up that. because I got to understand something here. The only person who has come out here and said that any of these games are going to be a blowout this season is you, Tiesel. And then you come out here with smoke and mirrors at the beginning of every episode, trying to dodge and you know miss. Uh, misdirect everybody here and let's just let's get on to it here because it's a joke everybody knows that you throw out these random takes like this just to try and get the heat off of your back and let's be realistic after we recap this we get to look into your Heisman trophy winning quarterback for Maryland well be so I wouldn't be so confident if I were you with this uh Tulia coming in because this Michigan State guy, he looked comfortable out there. And if he looked comfortable, I can tell you this guy's not even in the top half of the conference as far as quarterbacks go. And we're talking in a conference where quarterbacks kind of suck. I mean, the Big Ten isn't loaded with quarterback talent this season. Now, hold up. Before we get on to that Maryland game, we do got to dive into this Michigan State one. Well, that's, the Jay, so that's what I'm talking and- about. The Michigan State quarterback looked comfortable this game. That's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. A lot of quarterbacks have looked comfortable behind the Huskers' defense. Like I have been saying all year, our secondary is atrocious. If our diff, our front, you know, front seven don't get a push in there, we're not going to be able to lock down any receivers, especially in the Big Ten. And we're just lucky we're not playing Ohio State because Marvin Harrison, he would be putting up touchdown after touchdown. He would be having a stellar, you know, Heisman outcoming against us. However, the Huskers, yeah, Marvin they Harrison would his, have a uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba day against us. He would, he would have it even better than that. But I do got to say that the Huskers, this game came, came down to not only, yes, the rest were atrocious on four uh, brutal calls that were so obvious to make that even Dean Blind Dino was calling it our way. However, I do want to say that it comes down to turnovers. We lost this one by three turnovers. Okay, the Huskers gave up three, and our defense couldn't get a single turnover back. And I'm not putting that on the defense. You know, you can't expect to get turnovers every single game. But on the offense, it's like religiously, we're coming out here, we're giving away the ball. Yeah, Jason, it's like our offense has butterfingers or whatever because – we fumble consistently in every game and we get a lot of them back. So imagine we would be winless if we never recovered our own fumbles is, is what it comes down to. But I just got to rip on the refs for a second. Cause you're, you're ripping on the offense. Look, it was ugly, but we would have won this game had the refs called it the right way is what it comes down to. Yeah. So, but you I can mean, say we, the same thing against Minnesota, but you turn around and you give the ball away that many times you don't deserve to win at that point. Well, that's you what shouldn't I'm be you shouldn't be in a situation that a single call in the game and granted there's more than one but a single call in the game shouldn't decide the outcome that way you put the ball on the ground you threw interceptions we put ourselves behind the sticks we spotted Minnesota a ton of opportunities and points we spotted Michigan State a ton of opportunities here well that's what I'm saying be so but guess what I'll jog out there with my team and every ball that hits the turf we'll call it a catch. Good luck stopping my offense then, you know, because we never seem to get those calls. We never seem to have a guy cross the goal line with the football and they call it, you know, fourth and goal at the one. We don't get those calls. We just plain and simply don't get those calls like everybody else. 
Now, well, I'm not out here saying that, you know, our offense doesn't have anything to fix here, B. So, because I am, I'm saying that we can't be turning over the ball three times and expect to win. However, I am just, you know, astounded that this can go on week after week. And it ain't just in the Huskers game. It's in every single college football game. Calls are missed left and right. We have replay for a reason. Why is it not being used? Replay should be able to be used on a face mask if it's going to be able to be used on, you know, a targeting. I don't see the difference in that. The refs on the field do not know how to make calls. They are terrible at refing games. That We see them in every single game. They're a missed call over and over by these same refs. There has to be fines for these refs because they are changing the outcomes to these games. And honestly, it changes the outcomes to the entire year for some of these teams. And you know who goes on to make more money and more profit at the end of the year, which is astounding that these guys can still go out there and do this. If AI is so good, why can't we have AI rough in these games? Now, I agree with you. The officiating has been atrocious all year, but it has been four years. This isn't anything new. But the part that is fixable, we can't go out there and we can't fix the officiating's eyes and, you know, making them call the game spare. You know, this was the first time that if Nebraska had pulled it out, we could have turned around and we could have looked at it and said, hey, guess what, guys? We had a game that wasn't sloppy in terms of penalties. We had zero penalties in the game. That's unheard of for this team. But you turn around on the season, 25 fumbles, and there hasn't been any change to it. And for anybody to sit there and say, oh, well, we're not at our top running back, and we're down to like three and four, doesn't matter. The top guys were fumbling. The bottom guys are fumbling. The quarterbacks both are fumbling. So at a certain point, it becomes a coaching issue there. Or maybe it's the ball boy <clears throat> issue. I mean, maybe the ball boy is betting on the on the on Michigan State, looking to cash out big time, and he's greasing up the balls before they jog him out I, there. I'm not putting it on the equipment manager. This is a hundred percent on the players and the staffing and how they are coaching it. If you're telling me that this team keeps dropping the ball and keeps fumbling, you want to know what you do on Monday morning at practice before you do any type of game planning, any type of anything. Every single person has a ball in their hands and you take opportunities and you try to force them to drop the ball. You practice them having strong hands and holding onto the ball. Well, they don't need to practice anything because we're seeing it over and over again. It doesn't even take any difficulty to get them to fumble the ball. Yeah, You guys got to stop blaming the equipment manager and the players itself. It comes down to the manufacturing of these footballs. I'm not even thinking they're playing with leather out there. This is some type of pleather that's extra slippery. It's not real leather. And this is why we got to drop our Adidas deal here at Nebraska. Oh, uh, yeah, Jason, I'm 100% with you. And there's something else I want to touch on. Do we use the same football as Michigan State? I don't believe we do. So maybe you're onto something with the manufacturer of who's ever making the footballs for Nebraska don't have a good enough grip. Yep, everybody get your tinfoil hats out here. It's Adidas screwing Nebraska. You heard it here first. Adidas, this goes all the way up to the top. They must have been screwed somewhere else along the lines by Tom they probably owe money. back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And they turned around and they were like, Osborne cost me a ton of money. We're going to screw Nebraska for the next decade. Absolutely. It's definitely not the same ball. That's why every team has their own balls and they travel with their own balls. If those are going to be the balls and you're going to fumble three times a game, guess what? 
but get that's rid of the other balls, point. Go find some it's new balls. Your I'll go. Balls. To, I'll go to a Walmart and buy some footballs them. and show up to the game with. I'll go to Walmart, buy some footballs and show up to the game and expect to not fumble the ball three times a game. We're turning the ball over. This is pitiful for a college football and team. It and comes it comes down division to one, power the kids five. how to hold onto the ball. No, it doesn't. I think it comes down to what's on that ball. I think it's a little slick leather, and I think the Huskers need to change their football, change their deal with Adidas. I think Adidas is pitiful. They're giving us terrible jerseys, terrible, you know, fits to wear that now they're giving us the shit balls. Are you kidding me? I don't think you can put all of these on the balls. (laughs) How many times do you say that in a day there, (laughs) Beastle? As often as I need you to get my point across here that you can't be blaming Adidas for the team fumbling like it's going out of style. But that's, I mean, so we're talking turnovers. That's the the other thing to touch on is our defense needs to create their own opportunities. I've been saying it. They're a great unit, but they don't seem to go like they don't seem to punch at the ball every time you know somebody's starting to wrap up they don't seem to try and jump routes like yes i know that tommy hill got two interceptions against purdue but then no one even tried to jump a route against michigan state i think tommy hill tried to jump and he ended up knocking the ball down but i mean is is no one else trying to jump in front of the pass or knock it down at the line of scrimmage you know when they're coming around for a sack punch it out we're one of the leading sack teams in the country and we don't have any forced fumbles with a sack i mean none of these guys are going to play in the nfl if they don't learn how to do that you know see i you're giving up a bad rep because you know they're not stripping the ball away or not getting all these turnovers which i do think they got to do better that's how we keep losing it's it is so unfortunate that we're looking at it on that side of the ball while our offense is turning it over, you know, three to four times a game. That is what our defense is getting compared to that. Hey, why are we getting the ball three to four times when in reality, why are we giving the ball away three to four yes. times? And Jason, well, Jason they just got to take over I, the game. Jason and I went at this a couple of weeks ago and I got to tell you something. I agree with you. And I wasn't trying to take away from what you were saying. Yes. The offense doesn't need to be giving the ball away at this rate. Nobody says that. However, the defense does need to start forcing takeaways. Even if the offense wasn't giving the ball away, they need to be able to create other opportunities for the offense. Yeah, and start pushing the limits. I mean, if you have a great defense, if you're top 10 defense in the country, which right now we are, or we're right outside the top 10, you know, based on all the the factors, the only thing we're not is takeaways. And having this good of a defense, they should be able to take over a game and win you a game. Remember when Sue was out there? Sue would win games by himself, and then the unit would follow. That defense won football games for the team because our offense was pitiful those years too, if you don't our recall. Offense was be- our offense was better than this because they weren't giving away the ball. Listen, our defense has opportunities or has minimal opportunities during the game, I should say, to take away the ball. Yes, I do think they need to come out on top and taking away the ball in those opportunities, but it's really on the other team's offenses – messing up and giving the ball away. That is how uh, how their defenses are picking up the ball is our offense is making the mistakes. Our offense is dropping the ball. Our offense is having a quarterback that shouldn't throw the ball or have the ball in his hands to throw it is throwing it right to the other team. And to touch on top of that, Jason, when you look at the stats in the game, Hauser, the quarterback from Michigan State, threw the ball or he, he threw 20 times 
and had 13 completions. So he was right about, you know, right about where a crappy quarterback would be. You know, you're barely above 50%. You're a crappy quarterback, ultimately, is what it comes down to. You know, if he was a great quarterback, he would have been 17 for 20 against the way our defense was covering guys out there. Our quarterback was 12 for 28. Number one, the guy is way less than 50%. So if the other guy is crappy, then what the heck are you? You know, number one. And number two, why are we throwing the ball 28 times? The guy threw two picks, no touchdowns, was 12 for 28. We were rushing and averaging like 4.3 yards a carry or something around that area. Why are we not running the ball? I don't care if we run it three times because based on these stats alone, we'll run the ball twice. We'll get eight, maybe nine yards. We'll need one yard. We'll throw it on third down. It'd be an incomplete pass based on these stats that I'm seeing. So now that is now, on the Diesel, offensive coordinator. I, I agree that it's on the offensive coordinator. However, there's the other side of it that everybody here needs to stop being blinded by Harburg winning games. And they need to start having him take some accountability. If you look back at some of those pass attempts that he had that were, you know, drop passes or just incomplete passes, however you want to look at it, he missed wide open receivers underneath that he was forcing yep. the ball to certain people to try and pick up chunk yardage. And we have skill position players that if you get them the ball in space, uh, they are going to take it and take it a long way. Malachi Coleman was open on a crossing route, not a guy 10 yards near him. Underneath would have been a five-yard completion that he could have taken at least another seven yards before somebody got to him. And you want to know what he did? He tried to force the ball up the seam to Fedoni. And he was in double covered. He has his mind made up before he even snaps the ball. That is the issue there. He's not reading the defense. He's not reading the play. He has his mind made up. And I think that's the same thing we saw with Jeff Sims at the beginning of the year. Yes, well, we be do so. not have a true quarterback. We have athletes playing quarterback that can sometimes throw the ball. You know, they can probably Don't you come out here yards. and say that we want Chubba. I as I was not going to say that, but I do think he's the best passer we have in our realm. Second of all, I was going to say that I do not think Satterfield is coming out and looking at the stats after the games or as an entire for the entire season. I don't think Matt Rule is either, because if they were looking at these same stats that I am looking at after every single game, you want to go look at the season stats as a whole. We should be running the ball way more and not passing the ball. This should be an option team and just run it. Even hop in the power eye and just run the ball every single time. Listen, if they got to go out and they got to hire Scott Frost analyst guy and, you know, take the penalty for hiring an extra coach, do it. Because guess what? That guy's going to be looking at the stats and know exactly what to be doing. And guess what? You're not supposed to be doing. Passing the ball 28 times with Heinrich Harburg as your quarterback. Jay saw 100% with you. We got to run the ball a lot more. And yes, I know that we run more than what we pass. And I know that we're the leading rushing team in the Big Ten, or at least we were before the Michigan State game. Guess what? That's not enough. You got to run it more. I, I want to see Harburg's passing. I want to see his attempts down to 12. I want to see it just be, be the Georgia Tech because that's the kind of offense we're built for. And B, so there was another play that you were talking about where there was, except it was the opposite way. There was a crossing route where another guy was running across, 
wide open. And Harburg like gave up on the blocking and tried to run. And the guy had no one near. If he just lofted it up, it was another easy first down as long as he's accurate. Because as you said, it's to toss up if he's going to be in the area or way off like that one interception. But I got to tell you, I think thinking about stuff like that, Here's my thoughts. Here's here's T Soul's true inner thoughts on on Satterfield with our offensive coordinator. Okay, I think he's a good offensive coordinator. I think he's a terrible offensive coordinator for our football team because mm-hmm. as we're talking about, these crossing Agreed. routes are wide open. They're wide open. If you have a quarterback who knows how to read the field, there's somebody wide open all the time. But, but we don't have a quarterback who can read. And we don't have a quarterback who, so even if he somewhat reads, still, he misses the throw. That's still a coaching issue. So even if you take because that off he's of Satterfield, an idiot. but if you take it off and you don't put it on Satterfield and you don't put it on rule, then you go down to the position coach. What are they practicing with the quarterbacks during drills? You've got individual drills. What are you practicing? Are you not, even if they took them and said, hey, this week, it's going to be 100% a classroom setting. You sit the three of them down and show them the film from the game and say, from this play, what are your reads? And they should go down the line and say, one, two, three. If three's not there, take off and run. That is what we have. However, what they do is they get in a passing situation. They go, one, I can force it or I'm going to run. They don't even make it to two or three. Now, before so that- you hop on me, B-Sol, before you hop on me, I do think Satterfield is a good offensive <clears throat> coordinator. He is just not good with the personnel that he was dealt here, which are he going to come out and blame that? No, because he shouldn't. But guess what? Because these are your guys now. You should be changing your play calls to adapt to your, you know, your personnel. But if you're not going to do that, you do not have a game manager at quarterback for the Huskers right now. And we didn't have it with Jeff Sims, and we don't have it with Harburg. Guess what? Purdy is the option. He is the best quarterback we have there that could be a game right. manager. So His let's, brother uh, plays in the NFL. He can let's take, just turn he and look take, at this Michigan State nope. game. Jason loses Listen, all credibility here. He, he can take some lessons from his brother who's playing in the NFL with the San Francisco 49ers with one of the best offenses in the NFL. He could take some lessons. He's going to be the best game manager that we have at quarterback if this is the type of play calling that we are going to go forward with. Otherwise, if Satterfield adapts the play calling to run it with Harburg or Sims and run the ball more, run the option, and get the speed guys to the outside, then we will be better. But until that, I think Purdy is the option for this type of passing offense. Yeah, I think there's a reason Purdy's not in the game, and I think the coaching staff knows why he's not in the game. There's a reason that they've stuck with Jeff Sims until he got hurt. There's a reason that they've been sticking with Harburg right now. They aren't turning this over to Chubba. Chubba wasn't ready. Chubba They're was not hurt turn- at the beginning not, of the year. They are not turning this over to Chubba. They know Chubba what he is. Chubba was not 100%. Chubba was not 100%. I don't care if he's not 100%. He's not a good quarterback. Neither is Harburg and neither is Sibs. Yeah, but I'd take the but two the thing, guys who are athletic enough to make a play happen. Yeah, because yeah. Harburg made a lot of plays happen in this game. Well, he had a 43 so yard run. Thing. One yeah, play. He also had three turnovers. Yeah, okay. And I'm sure if Chubba was in, oh. he would have had three turnovers too. So Jeff Sims say- was, you coined the name Jeff Throws a Pick Sims. <laughs> he did. But so, so when you look at this, that brings up another one of issue. Quarterbacks is going to turn the ball over. So I'd much rather have one of the two mobile guys in there than Chuba. Well, B so you bring up another issue. As you just said, 
Harburg had a 43 yard run where he got tackled at what, like the two yard line. Why then did he only have a total yardage on the game of 31? If you're telling me the guy had a 43 yard run, how does he end the game with 31 yards? Uh, simple. Our trash offensive line outside of Ben but Scott, that's everybody, the on, point. everybody on that offensive line outside of Ben Scott is terrible. That's terrible. besides the point, Be so you can say he got sacked. How can you say you that? You can say he got sacked. He rolls and out to the right yards. and gets sacked for or gets tackled for a five yard loss. That right there. So why is he it. not running? Why is he not he running? He was running. He it's a, a rollout. If he, if he yeah. didn't go for forty three yards, be so he would have had negative rushing yards on the game. So if his best feature is the fact that he's athletic and can run, why are we not using it? You're telling me and, he had one good run on the game. Then why did we only run it once? And guess what? That wasn't even a designed run. That was a broken play that he just decided to but run. That's because all he's talking about. We're covering receivers and had their backs to him. That's how he got out there. And guess what? That's what we should have been doing all game. However, that's not what he was doing. He was sitting back there like he's going to the NFL. Listen here, buddy. Listen here, Heinrich Harburg. You suck at quarterback. You can't throw the ball. Run the damn ball or hand it off. Well, he fumbles when he tries to hand it off. We've seen that several times. But I'm just saying, if his long on the game was 43 yards and he ended the game with 31, that tells me he didn't even attempt to run the ball more. Unless they, he took a step back, nobody was open and tried to take off after. That's what it tells me. Where Where's the option game, as Jason's been saying? Where you know Where's the fake handoff, keep it yourself? And run? Like, why do we not run more NFL plays? Because they work for these type of quarterbacks. These type of quarterbacks are all over the NFL. I don't know that there's many quarterbacks in the NFL like Harburg. Athletic quarterbacks is what I'm talking about. Now, obviously, they can read and they can throw it better. They can read the defense and throw it better. I get that. Most of them can, at least. But I'm saying there's athletic quarterbacks all over the NFL, and you watch their play calls. They do the run-pass option all day long. Yes, and what I'm telling you is he does read number one, and then he attempts to run the ball if it's not there, or he'll try to force it. The offensive line is not giving him enough time to, in his mind, is not giving him enough time to look at read number two, read number three. He's not reading the the off or not reading the play developing because of the offensive line. I'm not blaming the offensive line. I'm blaming Harburg because he needs to understand stand in the damn pocket, you're a quarterback, and throw the freaking ball. Well, well, he doesn't think the line offensive line. Suck, well, if he doesn't think the offensive line is giving him time now, mm-hmm. he should be lucky he wasn't playing over Adrian Martinez. Yeah. And you know, you know, you di- you dive into the, the stats again, and again, we hold Michigan State to six to three yards rushing. So again, our rushing defense is phenomenal, and our passing defense gave up two hundred and thirty-two yards. So to what a happened backup there? quarterback. To a backup quarterback. Yes. Yeah. So what happened there? You know, they, it seems like nobody could cover anybody, is what it seems like to me. Because I mean, they they distributed their their uh, yards and their catches across their entire team. Again, I think they set their quarter their backup quarterback up for more success on quick routes that were developing short and getting Nebraska. Nebraska played a lot of man coverage, and these guys just aren't built for man coverage. I can tell you that off of watching the last couple of games. They get these guys beat. aren't built for coverage. These guys aren't built for coverage. 
No, but don't leave your guy on an island out there when you know he's not going to be successful. So that that's what leads us into the Maryland. If we gave up 232 passing yards to Michigan State, who couldn't complete a pass to save their life against everybody else, how are we going to do against Maryland, who throws the ball against everybody? Doesn't sound too good. However, I do want to say that I think Maryland's offensive line is atrocious, and I think Tulia has been on his back a lot this year, so I am expecting, actually, to come into this week with a lot out of Nash and Ty Robinson. You know, one-star Ty, I am... We are going back to one-star Ty because this guy has been silent all year unless Nash is in the game. Ty Robinson is atrocious. This dude is not worth a penny. He is not going to be seeing the NFL or sniffing it. This guy hasn't done anything unless Nash is out there, like I've been saying. We have seen more from the freshman in Princewell, a Unimanian, and Jamari Butler. Not even Jamari Butler is who I'm thinking about. Mikhail Gaber? Nope. And Cameron Lenhart. My guy I called at the beginning of the year. Don't know why I was blanking on him there for a sec, but I was. Guess what? I, I was a, You know why I'm not blanking on him? Because I'm not worried about him making the play. Listen, I know he's going to go out there and make the play. I, I'm not blanking on, on you know Ty Robinson because why is this guy out on the field? Why is he a starter? Why is he a single-digit holder for the Huskers? Why is he a black shirt for these Huskers? This guy is a terrible leader. He is a terrible defensive lineman. And I don't understand why he's still on the field this much. Well, Jay, so you just told me that we have one of the best rushing defenses in the country. So I don't think that our problem is on the defensive line. Ty yes, Robinson's on however, the defensive line. He is not getting a pressure on the quarterback. This guy is on the defensive line. However, he only accounted for three total tackles, zero solos, zero sacks, zero tackles for losses, zero pass rushes, um, zero hurries. This guy is terrible, and he's condoned as one of our top defensive linemen. Uh, I don't think so. I would go with Cameron Lenhart, who's out there with four total tackles, one solo, one sack, and one and a half tackles for loss. This freshman is out there leading the team on the defensive line, along with Nash, who's out there with three total tackles, with two solo and a half a tackle for loss. Where is Ty? He's not getting into the backfield. Why? Because the guy is terrible. Now, Jason, I, I noticed you're very quick here to, you know, talk up guys with three tackles and how much that means in the game and that they're out there playing their hearts out. Well, so-called uh, one-star tie there also had three tackles in the game. So I want to know how, how you're, how you're going to discredit his three versus praising Nash for his three, praising Phelan Sanford for his three, Mikhail Gabert. Well, why is Ty? Why Sanford, is Ty? Why is Ty the focus of your hate? Sanford plays a different position. First of all, Ty is also a single digit holder for this team. Ty is terrible. Hasn't showed up. He had zero tackle for losses. Zero hurries on the quarterback. Zero sacks which kind of goes with the hurries, I guess, and zero solo tackles, which you're supposed to be a leader of this team and a captain of this defense. I don't think so. I haven't seen it. But before we get into this, you know, Maryland game in Lincoln, Nebraska, I do got to ask Bezo how it feels to have the Huskers, you know, come out here and lose to Alante can't run a route Brown. And he was all over the field too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things that it's, 
it's heartbreaking. You <clears throat> you let a guy who really disappointed you, he disappointed all of us for years. You turn around, you let him transfer to a conference opponent, and then he turns around and he comes in, and the guy is all over the field doing what he needs to do. I mean, completed a pass. What what the heck was going on there? The defense Almost couldn't had a find a way to stop him. Yeah, that's my point. A pass or a 42-yard bomb this dude completed. Yeah, but you saw, I'm with you. And, it, you know, it's kind of the nature of the things. Is Was he bad? Or maybe was Scott Frost just terrible? Or, you know, all the interim coaches who filled in were terrible too. I mean... Yeah, who, sometimes who you really just have was to the problem. look at coaching. Yeah. Then, but then you know you dive into into the stats, and finally we have a game where we owned the time of possession, and we still lose. So what's going on with that too? You know, we used to say that it was time of possession is the issue. If we fix time of possession, we'll win. You know, if we fix time of possession, we'll never lose a game. We fixed it, and we still lost. We had no penalties. That was the other thing. Time possession penalties. We won both those battles. Yeah, we lost the ref battle. That's for sure. The ref that blew four sure. calls that completely changed the outcome of the game. They, you know, one led to, first of all, an interception. There's another one, you know, they all were leading up and they led us into punts, which were atrocious. We also had outgained Michigan State 19 first downs to their 11. This game was solely lost on the turnovers, and that comes down mm-hmm. to the quarterback play and the refs. Yeah. And I am still flabbergasted at how that pass interference wasn't called in Malachi Coleman. I mean, the guy got laid out within five yards of where the ball landed. I don't care if the guy's looking for the ball or not. That's a pass interference by definition, and the ref is looking right at him. If a guy comes in from the other side and just runs straight into your wide receiver, I don't care where he's looking. He just took out the guy going for the ball. That's pass interference by definition, and he's lucky that he doesn't get labeled with a targeting or a personal foul for taking out a wide receiver. How was there not a face mask, you know, when they reached in and got Harburg's mask? Guess what? There are two two refs that are standing behind the line of scrimmage that are both there, that were both in line of sight to see that. And then you got one down the line of scrimmage on the sideline who is also right there facing that. That is one that should never be missed. This is a quarterback that has the ball in the pocket and you miss a blatant face mask. Are you kidding me? And then the replay system. I mean... They look at the replay. Dean Blandino comes in and says, Dean Blind, by, Dean Blandino. By definition, that's an incomplete pass. And they come out and say, Oh, play stands, touchdown. I who, have never who seen Who were they so many really stands. talking to? Who were they what? really talking to? Was DraftKings on the other line, is what I want to know. Exactly. I, I wouldn't even doubt that. And guess what? Why do they ever come out and say a play stands? Guess what? I don't care if you can see it one way or you can't see it the other way. If you called it something on the field and that's what you're going to stick with, why are we going with stands? Either confirm it or reverse it. Because guess what? You're not going back weeks later and saying, oh, we messed this up. Because guess what? The game's not going to change the outcome. Nothing is going to you know come out of that. Confirm it on the field. I want to hear what you're sticking with so I can go right back at you and tell you you're an idiot. Because guess what? These refs in these in this game were just straight up 
idiots. They missed that one. And then on the last drive of the game, we had a complete first down, which he was well across the line to gain. And however, the time did not stop. The clock kept running, which when you're under two minutes, for all that don't know, loyal scoopers, I know you're no. 15 seconds ran off the clock. When you're under two minutes and, you know, in the second quarter or the fourth quarter, now the clock stops. It used to be anytime you got the first down, the clock would stop. However, this is the new college football. That's why you can run more clock. Except when you get under two minutes, the clock's supposed to stop. We get a first down. They mark them a whole yard short of the first down. Keep the clock running. This should have gone to review, and it should have gotten the first down. Review needs to be calling down. But unfortunately, I had no faith in them calling down because they already messed up the touchdown in this game. And I don't understand why we don't have a laser pointed out this is a billion dollar industry right here in college football in every single college football game of the power five there should be a laser going down so we know what is a first down and what is a not a first down and there should be a guy sitting there watching a camera to see if the ball is across the first down to let the refs know because these guys that are on the field making the calls are completely atrocious they are terrible and they are dog shit and then you know, you may as well mention the last play of the game. The guy hit Harburg's hand as he's throwing the ball. It goes shooting backwards. They call it a fumble, and the rest of the time runs off. And after the play, you know, they bring on Dean Blandino again, and he's like, that should have been an incomplete pass. You know, there should still be 18 seconds on the clock, whatever it was, and they set up for another play on, you know, second or third down, whatever it was. So we got screwed many times, and it just doesn't seem like, evened out I like I get the fact that they're they point back and say Nebraska had no flags and Michigan State had seven for 70 but we got screwed on the plays when they matter because that pass interference took away a touchdown that review gave them a touchdown that's a 14 point swing on just two plays Yes, and unfortunately, I can't come out here and tell you anything other than I can't help it that one team is more disciplined than the other. But you can't be out there doing that. And second of all, T-Salt, you got to be out here. You got to call him the right name. It is Dean Blind Dino because he is getting grouped in with the rest of his, you know, goombas there. They're all in the zebra shirts. And by the way, when you buy a zebra shirt, it should come with the blind man glasses and a freaking cane to walk around because these guys are terrible. They don't know what they're looking at. And I don't even know why we have replay if this is what it's going to look like well yeah i just gotta ask since you know b cell was the one doing his little uh his little jig last week b cell are you still feeling confident that the huskers are going to be playing in indianapolis this year um not as confident there t cell i still have an outside shot here based on the standings but we're we're gonna need some help now. It's no longer no longer in our. I would have considered us pretty much in the driver's seat going into this week against Michigan State, and now we need need some help to get there. Still have an outside shot at it, but I'm starting to think that uh, I'm gonna have to consider this first season under Matt Rule as a failure. Wow. I honestly did not see that coming out of your mouth. Cause I, I tell you what, I look at our schedule. I think if Nebraska wins out and that's, a you know, that's asking for Big a if. lot. I get that. Uh, yeah. But if Nebraska wins out, they'll be in Indy because they just need Minnesota to lose one game. And guess who they still got to play Ohio state. 
and they're not going to beat Ohio State. Those guys just gave up a final play to Illinois. Those guys, again, are looking at winning out. It's not going to happen. You know, and we would beat Wisconsin. So that means Iowa's one game in front of us, but we play and beat them. So if we went out, because you almost have to win out at this point if you plan on going to Indy. And at this point, why would you want to go to Indy to play either Michigan or Ohio State and get just run off the field again? I mean, how many 45 to 7 type games can you really watch in one season? So that's that's kind of my thought process. But I would not consider it a failure unless we lose out. I think going and getting six wins and hopefully seven, you know, eight if we're lucky. But this is that's this a is, success. This is not how you grade Nebraska football. And I continue to tell you guys this. We graded off of championship games. That is that is what is instilled in. I don't care that the last 25 years have been crap. And 25 is too long. The last 20 years have been crap. Okay. You went to you went and should have gotten a Big 12 championship under Bo Pelini, and you got screwed by Texas. You go back, Bo Pelini got us to the Big Ten championship game. You got run off the field with Ohio or with Wisconsin. But it still was one of those situations that it was like, hey, we're here, we're relevant, we're recruiting, we're doing all of the things we need to, and we fell off a cliff after that. And in order for Nebraska to get back and for the fan base to completely buy in, they need to be an indie this year. No, I am going to come out here and I got to disagree with you there, B. So, listen, we haven't been to a bowl game in six years. For this guy to get started, we this turned is not- down a bowl game in 2020. So this whole this whole it. thing we that did we not earn it. We had the opportunity and they chose not to do it. Well, then he should have won that team. He should have no. went then. He should have went because we did the, the, earn to be there. We did, did they have play six in a bowl wins. game? We didn't qualify for a bowl game. I I'm telling you right now, the fact in that 2020 COVID crap season, you had an opportunity to get the extra practice with two wins. And two wins. Scott Frost decided he wanted to go to Cancun and get drunk instead. That is him. where the mistake went from. And so, yes, we have not played in a bowl game. We had an opportunity and the team decided not to because of COVID. I'm telling you right now, Nebraska football is graded off at of championships and championship game appearances. Not right now. They need not to be right there. Now. Always. You are a blue blood for a reason. We don't grade you off as of six win seasons. We grade you off of what you're doing and when you're relevant. These are players that he came in and he had to, you know, adopt these players. These are not his guys. First of all, he had one round of recruiting. He does not have a full squad yet. So if he comes out and he gets this team that we haven't seen have a winning season, they haven't even had five wins. I'm not None of these not kids impressive. have been to a bowl game. If they get to six wins and they go to a bowl game, that is a win on the year. Because and guess win what? the bowl game. We, no, just making the bowl game is a win. Win because the bowl it gives game. You the go out and it, win it. Don't just go there. Go there and take I, it. What Jay Sull is saying is if you it get doesn't the bowl matter. game, you get the extra practices, and you get that an opportunity to build to build Jay some Sull, confidence with the program. I agree with you like on that. like sprinkles out I'm there. telling you. Well, I might be handing out a happy meal with everybody? Are you giving them a happy meal on their way to the bowl game? We haven't been to a bowl game in six years. We haven't even had, you know, eight wins in the past three years combined. And you guys are coming out here, and you're going to tell me that, you know, Ooh, we don't make the Big Ten championship and go to the college football playoff this year. It's a failure on this new Nobody coach. Nobody here said the idiot. college football playoff. You're an playoff. absolute idiot. No. I'm telling you right now that there are enough people around the Nebraska football program that will not consider this a successful season. So fire him. Fire him. If they aren't there. 
They're not going to fire him. They just gave him money to start building it so back you're up. You're on. The, are I'm you on the fire you, train? Are you on the fire train? Because there, he's not getting to Indy. That's a failure. No. You're on the fire train. Just because it's a failed season doesn't mean he's getting fired. You gave him this opportunity are you, to build the program. Are you? Are you on the fire train? Because he's no. not going to make it to Indy. You just told me it was a failure. You like watching failures? I've just watched seven seasons in a row of failing football. So, according so, to you, it was twenty seasons of failure. So, second Might of all, well you're not you're not on the fire train, but you're gonna let you're gonna see this guy fail, and you're not in the fire train. I'm gonna. I'm tell just you trying right to get now, everything clear. I'm just it trying is to get not clear. deemed a successful season unless they are in Indianapolis. So why is he still going to be the coach in your eyes? Why you're do you still want to be the plug coach? On a guy because you saw progress. I'm not out here giving moral victory awards. Uh, progress is success. No, it's progress from the dumpster fire that he came into. Congratulations, you found a fire. You got to put it out some way or another. Look here, B-Cell, here's what I'm going to tell you, okay? This ain't a shooting star I, here, B-Cell. I'm not, I'm not in J-Cell's corner over here, okay? And I'm not in yours either. I'm not saying it's indie or bust, and I'm not saying it's Bull game and celebrate afterwards. What I'm telling you is this. You got to go out there and you got to compete. You got to win. You got to make a bull game, number one. If, if, you, if you lose out here, what does that say about us? You know, that's not exactly. going to give anyone confidence. Bowl games forward. or win. Bowl right. So if you, win. yeah, but don't, I mean, don't come out here, beat Maryland, and then just don't even show up to the Wisconsin-Iowa game because you figure your season's done. I want to see you go out there and still beat Wisconsin and beat Iowa or have the potential to do it. And then I want to see you go into your bowl game and win it. If you don't win your bowl game, that's not going to give me confidence going into next year. It's like, oh, it's just another crap team that got lucky this year. Go out there, win the bowl game, and show us, hey, we're hungry and we're coming for the championship next year. Because as Beasel's been mentioned for the last three weeks, Big Ten ain't getting any easier. There's no Big Ten West anymore. So the only but, way you're going to win the Big Ten is if you're one of the top two teams in the conference. So, and really so one of the top five teams in the country based on what the Big Ten has been lately. T, so let's let's just start with this here then, okay? Because you're trying to toe the line and do all this, like, lovey-dovey crap. Let's, let's dig it in. They beat Maryland. Lose to Wisconsin, lose to Iowa, make it to a bowl game. Success or not? I want to see what happens at the bowl game. I Success. want a bowl win and I want a winning record. So you have to lock Success. it in at the end of the regular season. Success no, or I not. lock it in after the bowl game. Success. If you make a bowl game, success. Not for me. I want to see a bowl win. Don't just make the game, win the game. Don't just make it to Indianapolis, win when you go to many, any Indianapolis. Look, if the team wins out, Goes to India and gets beat forty-five to seven. That's not a success to me. That is not what success. It absolutely looks. is. No, no, not a chance. <laughs> you know what? You could, you could. I'll, I'll give you the tape from the the Michigan game because I'm sure it's on sale everywhere. I'll give it to you. You could t- turn it on on Saturday, and that's success for you because you were on the same field as Michigan. You didn't I would classify earn that as a success. I would classify that I, as a success. You getting you call six wins jogging is, out. Is a, is a, you call jogging out on the same field as Michigan a success? In the Big Ten Championship? You lost by 40 points? No, In not the Big, the Big Ten, Ten Championship, championship game. Any game. It's a completely different team now. At that point in the season, they had no confidence oh, really? in themselves. 
did we not just fumble away this Michigan State game? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a completely different team. I don't think we're going out there. We're putting up a fight against Michigan. I don't, I'm not saying I, I want to be. I don't even in think Indy, it's going to be but Michigan. I do so, be what's your Indy. point? I want to be an Indy because it shows that the team is getting better, and you know we're light years above, or just above. A, we're the top of the shits in the West if we make it to Indy. However, I don't if really want to go to Indy to, and get embarrassed. If you make it to Indianapolis, what you prove is that the last five seasons were wasted because of a coach, not because of talent. There is talent on this team that Matt Rule inherited from Scott Frost. Scott Frost wasn't a terrible recruiter. He was a terrible coach. He spent more time at the bar. He spent more time doing personal things that he wasn't focused on winning football games, especially not by the end there. And that is what I think is important here. If you can go out and make the Big Ten West championship, or if you can go out and make the Big Ten championship game, as a representative of the West in year one at Matt Rule, I will deem that as a success. I will. If you make a bowl I game, that's won't. a success. Nope. You're both wrong. We haven't had a winning season in like seven and years. And six and six isn't a winning season. Yeah, and then when you lose yes, your bowl yes, game, Jason, after you gave everyone their happy meal, you have a losing record. And guess exactly. what? I'll be bowl games count. I'll be eating a happy meal with a smile on my face because we went to a bowl game, and guess what? And had we a losing record. Pro- Extra practices. We got to go to a bowl game. You hit six wins. You were 500 in the year. We had had extra practices. He had extra practices in 2020 because he was doing them illegally and got fined for it. And that didn't help him. They came out and won three games. When have we been above 500 lately? Name the last year. Not lately. Exactly. So it would be a success because our team would be getting better. Again, this is year one under a brand new coach. Well, here, here's my point, okay? I got if your you point. Make a bowl it makes game, no sense, though. How does it not make sense? If you if you make a bowl game, they're matching you up with the team who's on the same level as you. If you come out here and lose to them, what's the point? You're supposed to be building something, something that fans are looking forward to. You know, If you make it to Indianapolis, you should be a competent and good enough team to at least play a close game. I mean, you should be able to beat whoever you're on the field with, if, if you make it to Indy, that means you're, you know, winning eight games a year. So you should be able to beat Ohio state or Michigan, you know, and be, so you're saying making it to Indy ca- constitutes is, is all the success and whatever. How does Purdue feel? You know, Purdue people are ranking as the worst team in the big 10 yet. They were in Indianapolis um, last year. Yep, is that yep. really what lost, success lost looks like to you? Coaching staff lost their entire offense, whole new program. Not the same team that was in Indy last okay. year. Okay, so that's a what about Northwestern? Comparison. What about Northwestern? They made it to Indy, and then the next year wins one freaking game against us. May I add? But does that look like success to you, making it to Indy and then winning one game? They're at a Northwestern. First off, different part of the program. There, this is a horrible take. Northwestern does not come out and does not grade their seasons on championships. They come out and they grade it off of. How many stands and how many people did we actually put in the stadium this week? They don't even care Apparently, about wins and losses. Apparently, so do you. Apparently, so do you. Because you just, you've been saying, you rate this team based on championships. Winning the Big Ten West isn't a championship. Winning the Big Ten championship would be considered a championship. And if you get out there and you get run off the field, you already called it a success. You handed out the happy meal before the game, just like Jason did before the bowl game. You got to go out there and win the game. If you're I haven't handed out any success, happy meal. 
I haven't handed out any Happy Meal because we haven't made a bowl game. Okay, if we beat Maryland, you're handing out your Happy Meal. You don't even care you're what happens against Wisconsin. Right. You're goddamn okay. so, right. So let's just move on to the Maryland game here. because Six I'd love wins to was my back. requirement. Six I, wins and I'm off yes, the train. We know that you're at six wins here. I'm waiting until this team chokes down the stretch here and I put T-Cell on the spot in three weeks at the end of the season after the Iowa game and ask him point blank, was the season a success? And he tells me yes after this bullshit hot take that he just gave. What we- well, B-Cell, I just want to know, <laughs> I don't even see how this team could be a success for you this year when you had them picked 11-1. and one. First off, I don't understand why neither one of you knows how to get any facts freaking right throughout any of this. Sorry, pick 10 11 and, and 2. One. Sorry, 10 and 2. Way off. My bad. Yes, so on a very not... favorable schedule, they should have won these games. Did you listen to Matt Rule's press conference this week? He classifies of the losses, two of them being taken away from by the officiating crew, Minnesota and Michigan State. And then he said a team that they had no opportunity to truly scout for that really scouted them hard against Colorado and Michigan. So I'll take those two losses there. The other two should have been wins, but hey, you live and you learn. So be so based on that information, whoever Nebraska would match up with in the bowl game, they should outmatch them because they have two losses that should really be wins. Would you agree with that statement? So if Nebraska yeah. ends up being seven and five, they're going to match up with another team that's probably seven and five. And Nebraska's really a nine and three team at that point. So they should be able to beat that seven and five squad, correct? Yes, T. This team should be able to beat a lot of teams that are going to make bowl games. I'm not taking that away. I'm telling you, for the stability of this program, they need to make it to Indianapolis this year. I'm telling you. Whatever our postseason looks like, and there better be a postseason, otherwise it's definitely not a success. Whatever it looks like, if it's Indy, you better compete in that game like you want to be there. You better show us that you guys actually want to be in that game playing because right now all the fans of all the Big Ten West teams are kind of looking at each other saying, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing if we didn't make it to Indy because then at least we're not the guys who get embarrassed. We'll be the guys who come out from the West and shock the East because the big 10 East thinks they're so much better than us and, and go, go out there and be the team that can beat them because we can do it. We, anybody in the West could beat the East. It's been proven time and time again. And my point is if we make a bull game, we're six and six or seven and five. I want to see a bull victory before I'm calling it a successful season. I want, I want this team to be hungry for the postseason because if they go out there and win the bowl game, that tells me they're hungry and they go, look, we were, we were a good team this year. Next year, no one's going to want to mess with us. Well, T, let me tell you something. We got to make it there, first of all, to even, you know, want to be there. However, you know, once you get there, anything could happen. That's why getting there is a success for me. But it all starts this week with Maryland at home. The games aren't going to get any easier because we go from Maryland, who has a stellar offense, not a great defense, but a stellar offense. To then Wisconsin on the road at Camp Randall, always a tough place to play. Yes, it's a new coach. Yes, it's a new system, but always a tough place to play. And they also have a better offense than defense this year. And then next thing you know, we got Iowa, who has 
one of the top defenses in all of college football. And we got an offense that can't score. So it's going to have to come down to, you know, picking up a win here somewhere along the road. So it all starts with Maryland. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm nervous for this game or not, but it's probably our best opportunity to win a game here on the last stretch as this one is at home. Yeah, Jason, just looking at the stats for Tulia coming into this game. I mean, the guy's almost got 2,500 passing yards on the season, 21 touchdowns, seven picks. He has 218 completions for 335 passes. This is a team that throws the ball and they throw it a lot. And based on the Michigan State game, it just doesn't give you confidence. But this defense hasn't let us down yet this season, except for that Michigan game and that that fourth quarter against Colorado. But this is a game all, all week long in practice. You're going to be telling your pass rushers, look, you guys got to be hungry because they're they're throwing the ball a ton. And so this is this could this has the opportunity to be a stat padding type of game. They're I mean this isn't a fantastic team. You know that they're, they're a solid unit on offense as Jay so mentioned, they're bad defense. They're not great. I'd tell my defense, be hungry, get after them. You know, this is two teams that are both 0-2 against AP and USA ranked teams. And this is also a team in Maryland that is 1-2 on the road this year, which gives me a little confidence when the Huskers are 4-1 and at home with their only loss coming to Michigan. And to go even farther, Jason, Maryland's on a bad losing streak. They started the season 5-0, and now they're 5-4. and It sounds a lot like Kansas from last year. They lost to Ohio State, Illinois, Northwestern, and Penn State after starting the season five. No, that tells you right there that, that the locker room's spinning and you know it's upside down in Maryland. So you know, hopefully the Huskers can take advantage. Yeah, I think one thing here, like T, like you mentioned at the start, um, defensive line's got to get home here. Uh, Maryland isn't isn't far off. Nebraska's got given up 24 sacks on the season so far. Uh, Maryland's given up 21. It's, it's not that far off or unreasonable for us to think that this D line can get home, that Tony white can, you know, drop a couple blitzes, but it's going to put pressure on that secondary this, this week. Can they stay in front of their guys? Can they, you know, give the defensive line an opportunity to get home and get a sack? Because against Michigan State, those guys were letting basically those receivers get open and just get picked apart. Yeah, this is one of the top offenses coming in in the passing game for college football right now. Not let alone college football, but definitely in the Big Ten. However, they rank as one of the worst rushing defenses in the Big Ten. They are bottom five feeder here in defense against the rushes. So if we are not seeing Heinrich Harbour come out and run the ball a fair amount to control the clock and, you know, wear down that defense, it, it could be a long day for here for the Huskers. Absolutely. The run offense for Nebraska is going to be crucial and very important in this game. Yeah, and you know who has to step up is Nash Hutchmacher this game because he he seemed to kind of disappear against Michigan State, and when he disappears, the team doesn't do so well. So we need him to step up and be the leader that he is on this team and, and take take control of that. Uh, he, he needs to take control of the trenches. 
But you know, looking looking at this game, got a lock and a score. I just I'm not confident. I'm just not confident in this game. But the, I know the Huskers can beat these guys. I'm gonna say this is gonna be a shocker, but I'm gonna pick the Huskers to win this game in overtime, thirty-one to twenty-eight. I think it, both defenses are gonna struggle in this game. Yeah, I think that uh, Maryland's going to come out. They're going to find a way to score on offense just through the passing game. I think they're going to score quick, which is going to get our defense off the field. But I do think it's going to come down to our offense and being able to, you know, control the clock, put together long drives, which will be efficient for this team to keep our defense off the field, to keep the defensive line fresh, to be able to get after Tulia. But I do want to say that I got the Huskers coming out here and I got them putting up more points in this game then pretty much we have seen at least the entire Big Ten stretch there for the Huskers. If not, I don't know, because the Huskers, I got them coming out on top 30 to 25. Yeah, it seems to be a similar margin here for all three of us. Um, you know, I've got I've got the Huskers coming out here with a victory. I've got it picked a little bit closer than I did at the beginning of the season because there's there's no reason to think that Nebraska is going to be able to stop this passing offense. However, that D-line matched up against Maryland's offensive line, I think will create some sacks and some stops. And, you know, I'd love to say turnovers and get some takeaways. I just I haven't seen that in a, the handful of recent years that Nebraska's consistently been able to take the ball away. I have Nebraska winning a, a tight one here, 27 to 21. I think they're going to get a couple field goals from Alvano this week, uh, but both teams are going to score. I actually think Nebraska is going to shut Maryland out in the second half. I think Maryland's going to go in at halftime up 21 to 13. I guess, do you guys see anything coming out on top for the Huskers, I guess, in this one, or giving them an advantage as Maryland's on the road for a big noon kickoff at 11 a.m.? Hmm. Well, Jason, I think the turnovers that are bound to happen from the Huskers are going to give Maryland an advantage for sure. And I think Huskers are just going to have to keep fighting to beat these guys. And they're going to have to go, you know, they're pretty much going to have to do double time to make up for their turnovers because they're not going to get them back. So you definitely just, you know, went against what I said. You didn't answer the question. I asked if it was an advantage for the Huskers having this game at 11 a.m. with Maryland on the road on their furthest traveled game of the big 10 schedule for them. I I think it's an advantage for the Huskers, but I don't know that it's going to, I don't know that it's going to affect the game until later on. I think Maryland's going to start quick. They're going to start efficiently. And that's just going to be because Nebraska's defense always takes a little bit to wake up. But I do think that Maryland's going to get a little confidence going early, but then Nebraska's defense is going to settle down. I think the game being early does help Nebraska in the long run because Maryland's not going to have the time to adjust to that time change. I got a hot one coming out here. I know Maryland is going to throw the ball a fair amount. I got Tommy Hill coming away with an interception in this game. Just an interception, or are we going back to lock in our pick six of the week? Um, well, we saw how the pick sixes were turning out for us over the past few years, so I am just going to be locking in an interception there. What a baby. 
You go for the pick six or nothing, man. You go big or you go home. T-Cell good six. six. I'll do pick six. I'll take Buford Jr. His coming out party, game two. If he's going to be defensive MVP, he's got to do some big stuff. So (laughs) I got him with a pick six. And on the Buford note as well, I do think it's important to note uh, he did get that medical redshirt this year, that four-game redshirt. So he will have two years of eligibility left at the end of this season, which means he has his brother coming in as a top recruit as well. The two of them have never played together on a team because of the difference in age there. And with the COVID year and now his redshirt, the two of them will have two years to play together on this Husker team. And I think that could be exciting for the defense. I also, though, am going to have to lock in a pick six here. And, you know, guys, it's probably not going to be the sexiest pick, but I like Gifford in that rover position, being out on the flat. I expect Tungavaloa to have pressure in his face and try to hit a screen route or maybe a, you know, a quick slant. And I could see Gifford jumping that and taking it to the house. And thanks for joining us for another week of the Sully Scoop. You're here with J-Sull. B-Sull. And T-Sull. And don't forget to follow and like and leave a comment if you want to be on a grandstand gossip here with the Sully Scoop crew. Go Big Red.